inspired by some of the things that I examined in my life and asked God for answers for during my private time with him. I've had many questions. Some are about church tradition, religion, but these are about things that kept me from God's blessing for blessings for many years. You know, a lot of wasted time. I stereotyped the church and I judged people, but it really was me that was the problem. I was my own enemy and didn't even know it. So as we, as we go forth in the word today, I would ask you to examine yourself every day when you're talking to the Lord and make sure if you're the problem, you correct that now. As I say again, I was my own worst enemy. And if I had expectations of God's church, the focus should have been myself, not, <clears throat> excuse me, not God's expectations or my expectations of God's church. Because sometimes we just look at <clears throat> the people around us, the pastor, the people coming and going from church that don't stay. And we question why they didn't stay. And then we might leave. And unbeknownst to us, for me, I've learned recently that only God can release me from a church. And so we'll miss many blessings if we don't understand these things. Um, and again, had I understood them earlier in life, I really feel I would be so much further ahead in the plan that God has for me and my family. So some would say when people are ready, they'll come to Christ, right? And so I examined that a little bit. I put a twist on it. I think that the saints have a great, great responsibility to explain the importance of salvation to God's people, to educate the youth, particularly, and to not look at them as different, you know. Um, a lot of consequences follow those who don't follow Christ and that follow a lifestyle without God. We should all be God's witnesses and have wisdom when we approach the people that are not saved. Therefore, if properly educated, our sons and daughters, those who are lost should be compelled to grow up with and operating the principles of Christ. In other words, as when I was a child, if my mother said, if you touch that, it's hot. If you touch that, you're gonna get burned. I wouldn't touch it. But in this generation, if you say that, it's almost like a dare, I'm gonna do it. So we living in some different times. So we had to really ask God to guide us and help us and assist us in understanding those who are not saved, understanding our youth, and then using those things to get them closer to Christ. Of course, if they don't, they can end up with deadly consequences. As an elder, I would ask God to give me some simple scriptures, testimonials, to help them along the way quickly, to help them to evolve into believers, Spare them the loss of time and agony that comes with disobedience. 
So today I said, Lord, I want to keep it short and simple so that I don't lose people. Sometimes when I was in school, the, the first 10 minutes, I got everything that, the, that I need to get to get an A on the quiz. And after that, I would just fall asleep. I don't want that to happen. People of God, I want your attention in these matters because God really, really, really orchestrated some things for me when I started to examine these, these things. The question that I have asked for this season is how do I use the wisdom of God to move his youth, his backsliders, his unsaved people closer to God if they haven't had a good relationship with him? Whether they were in church, never been to church, were believers and decided that there was no God. God, how do I help them? How do I turn that thing around for them? How do I be a messenger, a real servant? Because for me, that's, that's great on the, on the list when it comes to serving God. We can't give up on the people that have not received salvation or have not received Christ. So that's the question. That's the question after all things that I went through and pondered and thought about when my mother used to send me to Christ Temple in Markham and we used to walk up to church. And I said, I didn't understand nothing as a young boy because the pastor spent a lot of time, really, in my opinion, not reaching me because I was young and they were praising the Lord, but I didn't know the, the, the meaning of praising the Lord. You know, so simple things like that can disconnect you from what you should be learning about God. And I want to really spend time with people because because God knows we all know at least a dozen people who got some misconceptions about church and the kingdom of God. So I want to spend all of my time really focusing on how to turn that thing around. We want to do a 360 in that. So God gave me a, a name for this message. In today's message, the questions are those that I have asked myself, and then I took them to the Lord. Uh, I had three items that helped me understand why I needed to take these teachings of Jesus Christ serious. Guess what? It's a matter of life and death when we really get down to it. With that being said, God had me to change this title four times because he wanted to make sure this, the name of this message really resonated in what I was trying to get across today. And so the, the end result ended being, when did you know that you needed God? What day, what time, what hour did you realize that you needed God? And I said, Lord, what a, what a name of a, of a message. But think about this. We want to drive God's unsaved people closer to God so they can realize that they really need God. And we can be there the day that that happens. That's powerful. And I said, oh, I get it, Lord, why you did this. Um, so the three, the three items that the Lord had me to focus on was, what are you doing with your time? That's number one. Number two was, what do you do when adversity comes your way? And the final one is the, important, the importance of obedience. Now, 
in all of what God has given me for today, something really interesting happened yesterday. And I really didn't understand why God wanted me to, to go to this Christmas party. Give you a little backstory. Me and my wife went to Cancun for the Soul Fest. We met some young people. When I say young, they're probably at least a decade under me and my wife. They seem to be wonderful young people, but they probably fit right into the equation of where I was 10, 15 years ago. Meaning that I didn't know the importance of God, but that didn't mean that I didn't think God was important. I just didn't understand how important he was. And so we went to this ugly sweater cont uh, uh, party in Madison. And we entered their house. We were probably the fifth guest to enter. And boy, oh boy, did they have it laid out. Beautiful home. This young man had a full court basketball in his backyard. He had at least an acre. He had fire pits. He had saunas. He had jacuzzis. He did a tour with us. And we were just like flabbergasted, me and my wife. As I looked around the room, we were the youngest in this space. And I said, Lord, there's got to be a reason that we're here. We were the, oh, I mean the oldest. My wife, correct. I'm sorry. We were the oldest in this place. I'm sorry about that. And as we looked around, we, we saw the audience just keep getting younger and more and more and more people. Now, y'all know. Let's keep it real. Young people just out here doing their thing. But that really helps me understand that they really need Jesus. But I can become a fly on the wall and invisible in any setting. And God says, we can be in this world, but please don't be of the world. So I remembered that and I just sat back. And when I had that opportunity and that young man kept coming to me because he really treated me like I was his uncle. He gave me so much attention when he had over a hundred guests in his house. He spent more time with me and his wife spent more time with my wife than anything. As the time progressed, we came to find that we went to the exact same high school, but it was decades apart. Then I come to find that others in that house went to the same high school that I went to. Some said, I was three years old Unc, when you graduated. Oh God, what an opportunity did God give me to open some doors up when they found out that I was a, as they would call it, OG. I was okay with that because here goes opportunity. And when it knocks, that's when you can use God's wisdom. And so I started to plant seeds and probe and see if they even knew God and talk about some of the blessings that I had even the blessing in meeting this young man and even the blessing in meeting all of them and how good God was. And guess what? They reacted. They reacted in a way that I didn't expect. Oh yeah. Most of these young people who went on to go to college and all these different things, they know God, but they're missing some things like I was. They don't attend a church on a regular basis. They believe that, you know, making money is the thing to do right now. And so they just wasting time, the time that I wasted. I said, oh Lord, you just put me with a hundred 
of your children that directly relate to the message that I'm about to give today. And I said, this is profound. Watch how you open up doors that they can receive Christ through me. And all I need is one. One would be the gentleman that invited us and his name is Chris because his birthday literally falls a day or two apart from mine's. So great minds, you know, he is so much like I was. And so I know he could be so much more and like I, God has taken me into another direction. A man that could be one of the greatest men of God. So God began to speak to me on this is the future. These are your future ministers, pastors, prophets, and everything. Can you see that? Aside from what they're doing right now, yes, Lord, I can see it because I too was where they were. And so that I wanted to just say, uh, people of God, because a lot of us been in church for a long time, but we just like people used to tell me, don't forget your history though, because it'll repeat itself. And God showed me, don't forget your history so that you can help his youth move forward through the experiences that you've had. And so I just thank God for that platform. He gave me a mighty platform. When I was supposed to be at home, really meditating and doing things, the Lord said, no, you need to be there for at least a couple of hours. And when he showed me why, it was one of the most powerful things of my evening yesterday. So as I examine these things, I just love talking to people and sharing with people what God has shared with me. And I thank God for, the, for what he's given me and instilled in me for today. This day only happens once in our lifetime, December 11th, 2022. And I hope that this message is straight to the point and could help somebody, help somebody else. Because once again, a lot of us that are listening are already saved. We already been down the road of torment and disaster. And we found a way to allow God into our hearts so that we could turn this thing around. So I'm going to examine what are you doing with your time? Time is one of the most precious assets that we have. When we are young, it would seem as though we'll never run out of time, right? As we get older, time seems to become much more important to us. In many cases, we simply reroute our time from childish games and wasteful activities to work, children, the American dream of a family, and we spend a lot of our time doing that. Many of, many of us get left behind because of our childish ways. And throughout time, time continues to move forward. I got a many of a friends that I invite over to my house that went to high school and grade school with me and they are stuck in a place that they can't see that time continues to move forward and they are still where they were 30 or 40 years ago. And so God assigned me an assignment to have them come and stay with me on occasion. I'll invite those over one by one and bring them out to Indiana and kidnap them, as they would say. 
And then me and my wife would show them what God's blessings and what God's servants look like. And hopefully that seed would plant into their souls and spirits and let them know they still have time to change their lives. And so I thank God for just doing these things. And, you know, because a lot of times I don't even know I'm doing it. I don't even know what God is doing. I just hear from God in prayer and he say, call this person, invite him over. He don't have a car. Go get him, kidnap him, and pardon him. Spend some time with them. And they so much respect my wife that they have to be changed when they walk through my door. <laughs> Even if they still look at me as the Archie, that was what some of them would call me the party man when I was a teenager. And then they reflect back and say, boy, oh boy, have, have God did some great things for you. You are definitely not the same person. Revelation 1, 1 the revelation of Jesus Christ was gave unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and, sick and signified by his angel unto his servant, John. God has a plan for all of us, a purpose for our lives as he did for his son, Jesus. His servant, John, speaks to us and acknowledges the importance of using time as in Revelations 1.3, which says, blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of his prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for a time is at hand. There's so many scriptures that revert to God's plan and how God used his servant John and Paul and I said, wow, I could really study this thing for a whole month and still miss some things. For example, in turn, if you turn to Psalms 89 and 47, it reads, remember how short my time is. Wherefore hast thou made all men in vain? What man is he that liveth and shall not see death? We all will see death. So time is at hand. 48 says, shall he deliver his soul from the hand of the grave? These scriptures reflect to me remembrance and reverence of Jesus. And it also reflects the importance of time. This drives the psalmist, psalmist to ask God to remember that his time is limited and that his servants are being reproached. Another way of saying this is that God is disappointed in his servant for his failure to use time to serve God and his people. So important, saints, to use your time to serve God and his people. I think that 24 hours is not enough for us. But that's the clock that was established in the beginning. And so we have to, as I would say, rightfully divide our time for Christ and be good servants. I'm going to read some scriptures that really, really, really caught my attention as I examine time. And this is coming from the book of Ephesians. And I'm going to start with 5, 
8 and read through 20. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteous and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whosoever doth make manifest the light is light, is light. Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Those are those young people that I was talking about. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Oh my God, that's that audience. It just keeps coming back. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein excess be filled with the spirit. Trust me, y'all, I didn't get drunk when I was at that party. I was there on assignment. And so whether it was wine on the table or anything on the table, I was there on assignment. Speaking to yourselves, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I wrote this before I attended that, that ugly sweater party. And when I came back home, I read what I wrote and I said, this is the assignment that you just sent me on. But you gave this to me before I went on assignment, not knowing that I was on assignment. It was really profound, people of God. And, you know, I, again, I just thank God because he will order our steps if we allow him to, if we're obedient. And um, it really resonated in my spirit when I came back home and sat down and spent some more time with God, what the day that he planned was supposed to look like. Um, if we refer back to the text uh, in Ephesians in five verses 16, chapter five, verse 16, this text refers excuse me, to making the most of every opportunity or redeeming the time. The wise person takes advantage of every chance to live for God and others in an evil world. The foolish person has no strategy for life and misses opportunities to live for God in this evil environment. Colossians 4 and 5 states, walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. All of that lined up with where I was at, in the right place at the right time, where some saints would have said, oh no, there's some unholiness going on in here. Well, when you find yourself in a place where you feel there's unholiness going on and you feel you're the only Christian in the place, maybe it's a setup from God. So examine that thing 
and don't judge. Don't look at it like that. Allow God to work through you and he'll show you if it's an assignment or not. He sure did it for me. I had no idea. And I thank him for that. I praised him. Me and my wife talked about it all the way home. She got a chance to sit with some young ladies. And I know that I know that I know that young, them young ladies was all around my wife when I went upstairs. And I know she imparted some wonderful things to their lives. I know she did because she was too on assignment. Because guess what? She's my helpmate. So it goes hand in hand. I didn't even have to ask her that I know that I heard a young lady say, uh, Miss Teresa, and she corrected her. Just call me Teresa. Miss, though, is entitlement that my wife has when she appeared in that, in that room, they knew she was a wise, God-serving woman. It's all over. How can you miss it? So the young ladies was calling up Miss Teresa, and she gave them this look. No, because, but, but for her, but I just need to tell her, that's a sign that God is just all over you. The God in you, they could see it. They could feel it. That's powerful. When you're the only one in a space and people refer to you in a way that they refer to nobody else. Everybody else got a nickname or a short name, but they refer to you as Mr. or Mrs. That's respect. So I knew immediately we were amongst young folks who understood something about God. Respect your elders, not just, hey, who are y'all? Uh, oh, okay. Because a lot of them are just that far gone. We want to take heed to that and understand that we should be the light. We should always be the light, especially when we're amongst those that have not really taken the time to receive God into their lives the way that we have. But our message should be and our duty should be to get them to where we're at, to get them saved. That's the ultimate goal. But saints, we gotta be strategic. We can't just do tradition. God dealt with me on that. He said, I'm gonna show you what you need to do. And I said, well, God continue to impart wisdom and then give me understanding of these assignments so that I can take them back to your flock and show them the results. You know, most people got jobs. And if you didn't give your job results, you were terminated. Think about that. <laughs> I don't know if God is just taking me a little bit off of what he had me to say, but think about going to work and not completing your assignments, not hitting your goals, not falling within the fiscal budget. <laughs> You're not going to be there. So God had me to look at that how powerful that is, that we will race to a job and give our all until we cry. And those people don't love us. They don't love God, but yet we still do our due diligence. We need to apply that energy to God's youth, to God's backsliders, to God's people who decided that God wasn't important. We need to take that because the power in that is when I got terminated last month, I said, Lord, 
I worked this hard for them. Please don't change who I am and make me slowful. I need to work harder for myself and you're going to bless me. And yes, he did. I didn't miss a beat. He quadrupled my income instantly. This is real. I can't make this up. That's a whole, that's a whole nother sermon, saints. Whole nother sermon. How within a week of losing my job, God began to have people to just call me for services that I hadn't received calls for in at least six months and introduced me to bankers and mentors and non-for-profit gurus and everything else. Boy, God is something else. But just think about if we take what God has given us and impart it in those youth, those people that I socialized with yesterday, they too can rise to a level that God is doing that for them and come back and testify and invite their young friends in their 30s, 20s, 40s to a church service and show them how not to waste time with God's things. Wow. Saints, as you can see, it's extremely, extremely important to spend our time walking in the light, have a plan. As we read further in Ephesians 5, we find that the content pertains to marriage. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. When I, when I was reading that, it was like something just went off in my brain. I could say I wasted a lot of valuable time trying to figure out who I should marry. And it took God's voice to chastise me and let me know if I wanted to live longer, I would have been dead today probably had I not married the right person. Boy, I thank God for allowing me to literally drown in Lake Michigan trying to save my son at the heat ran into the break wall on a jet ski. And then the Lord told me quickly, I can take you out of here, but I got some work for you to do. And then came a hand down in the, in the rough waters, a Hispanic gentleman that pulled me out. Next thing I remember is somebody, Hispanic speaking Spanish, giving me mouth to mouth. I woke up throwing up water and spitting and they had their lips on my lips. And I said, oh my God, what happened? They said, you drowned. I knew that day that I was messing up and God allowed me to give me another chance. And he had me to go home and examine myself. And he said, see, all of this foolery that you're doing, <laughs> you're wasting time. You're going to get that good wife, that thing that I made for you. I made her in my image and I made her just for you. She may not be the same as you, you might consider her totally the opposite, but that's what you need for balance. You are out of balance, son. And I received that from the Lord. And this woman could have been gone on with her life, could have married somebody else because we was apart for a while. And God had me to call her and she said, oh, you must be ready. I said, that ain't nothing but God. I said, yep, I'm ready. I'm ready for you. I get it. If you give me another chance, I'll show you. And so Pastor Rudy married us. It was his first marriage behind the, the Museum of Science and Industry. And boy, oh boy, was that a great day. But that's another example of me not being obedient, wasting a bunch of time, 
that could have maybe already been taken care of and we could have been doing God's business a long time ago. But I thank God for at least getting me there. I really do. I thank God that she was still available because she, she was a great catch, as men would say. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine where I would be if I had exercised my free will and married the wrong person. I was really close. My friends was, ooh, she got a good job, a lot of money, a big house. Ooh, Archie, that's the one. But guess what? They was all focused on the wrong thing. God knew what I needed. And guess what? When, when, when I answered him in obedience, he showed up and showed off for me from that day on. This is really when I knew I needed God's guidance and I thank him every day for his patience, his grace, Amen. his mercy. Amen. Amen. He watched me toil for many years and behave as a child. Saints, please hear me. Keep time on your side. Walk in wisdom. Read the word daily. Yes. Make a plan yes. for the use of your time. When it comes to God's assignments, for you, execute them with excellence. Serve with all your heart and continue to be a blessing to others. Do these things and time will always be your best friend. Amen. God will be pleased with his faithful servants. Yes, he will. God is so good. And All he got so much patience. All the time. And so when we toil around and we pass people by every day on our jobs, in our lives, and we don't have a plan, I call it a plan of attack to get them closer to God, I just have to say, we ain't doing what we're supposed to do. We are wasting time. Valuable time. Word speaks of planting that seed. And when I had my restaurant, I got so many blessings that I didn't know what God wanted me to do. I stood there and said, God, you must want me to do something. I got free equipment, keys to a restaurant. Didn't have to pay rent for years. <laughs> it was crazy. And he said, all I need you to do is tell every customer to have a blessed day. And he kept me there for 10 years. And when I did a printout after I sold the business, it showed that I had imparted that message in over 50,000 people. Because when you type on the register, it's a head count. I said, oh Lord, that's awesome. He said, and you don't know the life you change for just saying that one thing. So if you don't have nothing else to say to anybody every day, tell everybody to have a blessed day. And you too will see what God changes for you. And that's a useful use of his time. We could talk about a lot of things, but we really want to say one thing in our conversations with our friends, with our family. So if you don't have nothing to say and you think that they're not going to receive something that might be a little deeper when it comes to God, just say, have a blessed day. God will honor that as well. Because now you've opened up some doors and they will come back to you one day and say, and they mind, who do I know that know Jesus? My husband is sick or my wife is sick. I need somebody to pray. Oh, Sister Clytus, she told me to have a blessed day. 
That is an example of someone that loves God. Don't I ain't got to tell you. I wouldn't tell you that if I didn't love God. I wouldn't want you to have a blessed day. I really wouldn't care if you had one or not. But just simply saying that changes the platform for most people. So keep that top of mind, please, saints. As I said, do these things. Time will be your best friend. I'm trying to keep time on my side because I know that time is moving fast. Moving fast. And we got to make the best use of it. I could go on and on and on about this. God gave me three things. The second is real short and to the point because realistically, I just use myself as an example. And number two is what do you do when adversity comes your way? Well, that group of people that I was uh, fellowshipping with yesterday, I know what they do. Oh, yeah, because I used to be them. Cuss everybody out, inspired by some of the things that I examined in my life and asked God for answers for during my private time with him. I've had many questions. Some are about church tradition, religion, but these are about things that kept me from God's blessing for blessings for many years. You know, a lot of wasted time. I stereotyped the church and I judged people, but it really was me that was the problem. I was my own enemy and didn't even know it. So as we, as we go forth in the word today, I would ask you to examine yourself every day when you're talking to the Lord and make sure if you're the problem, you correct that now. As I say again, I was my own worst enemy. And if I had expectations of God's church, the focus should have been myself, not, <clears throat> excuse me, not God's expectations or my expectations of God's church. Because sometimes we just look at <clears throat> the people around us, the pastor, the people coming and going from church that don't stay. And we question why they didn't stay. And then we might leave. And unbeknownst to us, for me, I've learned recently that only God can release me from a church. And so we'll miss many blessings if we don't understand these things. Um, and again, had I understood them earlier in life, I really feel I would be so much further ahead in the plan that God has for me and my family. So some would say when people are ready, they'll come to Christ, right? And so I examined that a little bit. I put a twist on it. I think that the saints have a great, great responsibility to explain the importance of salvation to God's people to educate the youth, particularly, and to not look at them as different, you know. Um, a lot of consequences follow those who don't follow Christ and that follow a lifestyle without God. We should all be God's witnesses and have wisdom when we approach the people that are not saved. Therefore, 
if properly educated, our sons and daughters, those who are lost should be compelled to grow up with and operate in the principles of Christ. In other words, it's when I was a child, if my mother said, if you touch that, it's hot. If you touch that, you're going to get burned. I wouldn't touch it. But in this generation, if you say that, it's almost like a dare. I'm going to do it. So we're living in some different times. So we had to really ask God to guide us and help us and assist us in understanding those who are not saved, understanding our youth, and then using those things to get them closer to Christ. Of course, if they don't, they can end up with deadly consequences. As an elder, I would ask God to give me some simple scriptures, testimonials, to help them along the way quickly, to help them to evolve into believers, spare them the loss of time and agony that comes with disobedience. So today I said, Lord, I wanna keep it short and simple so that I don't lose people. Sometimes when I was in school, the, the first 10 minutes, I got everything that, the, that I need to get to get an A on the quiz. And after that, I would just fall asleep. I don't want that to happen, people of God. I want your attention in these matters because God really, really, really orchestrated some things for me when I started to examine these, these things. The question that I have asked for this season is how do I use the wisdom of God to move his youth, his backsliders, his unsaved people closer to God if they haven't had a good relationship with him? Whether they were in church, never been to church, were believers and decided that there was no God. God, how do I help them? How do I turn that thing around for them? How do I be a messenger, a real servant? Because for me, that's, that's great on the, on the list when it comes to serving God. We can't give up on the people that have not received salvation or have not received Christ. So that's the question. That's the question after all things that I went through and pondered and thought about when my mother used to send me to Christ Temple in Markham and we used to walk up to church. And I said, I didn't understand nothing as a young boy because the pastor spent a lot of time, really in my opinion, not reaching me because I was young and they were praising the Lord, but I didn't know the, the, the meaning of praising the Lord, you know? So simple things like that can disconnect you from what you should be learning about God. And I wanna really spend time with people because God knows we all know at least a dozen people who got some misconceptions about church and the kingdom of God. So I want to spend all of my time really focusing on how to turn that thing around. You want to do a 360 in that. So God gave me a, a name for this message. In today's message, the questions are those that I have asked myself, and then I took them to the Lord. Uh, I had three items that helped me understand why I needed to take these teachings of Jesus Christ serious. Guess what? It's a matter of life and death when we really get down to it. With that being said, God had me to change this title four times because he wanted to make sure 
this, the name of this message really resonated in what I was trying to get across today. And so the, the end result ended being, when did you know that you needed God? What day, what time, what hour did you realize that you needed God? And I said, Lord, what a, what a name of a, of a message. But think about this. We want to drive God's unsaved people closer to God so they can realize that they really need God. And we can be there the day that that happens. That's powerful. And I said, oh, I get it, Lord, why you did this. Um, so the three, the three items that the Lord had me to focus on was, what are you doing with your time? That's number one. Number two was, what do you do when adversity comes your way? And the final one is the important the importance of obedience. Now, in all of what God has given me for today, something really interesting happened yesterday. And I really didn't understand why God wanted me to, to go to this Christmas party. Give you a little backstory. Me and my wife went to Cancun for the Soul Fest. We met some young people. When I say young, they're probably at least a decade under me and my wife. They seem to be wonderful young people, but they probably fit right into the equation of where I was 10, 15 years ago. Meaning that I didn't know the importance of God, but that didn't mean that I didn't think God was important. I just didn't understand how important he was. And so we went to this ugly sweater cont uh, uh, party in Madison and we entered their house. We were probably the fifth guest to enter and boy, oh boy, did they have it laid out. Beautiful home. This young man had a full court basketball, in his backyard, he had at least an acre. He had fire pits, he had saunas, he had jacuzzis. He did a tour with us and we were just like flabbergasted, me and my wife. As I looked around the room, we were the youngest in this space. And I said, Lord, there's gotta be a reason that we're here. We were the, oh, I mean the oldest, my wife, correct, I'm sorry. We were the oldest in this place. See, I'm sorry about that. And as we looked around, we, we saw the audience just keep getting younger and more and more and more people. Now y'all know, let's keep it real. Young people just out here doing their thing. But that really helps me understand that they really need Jesus. But I can become a fly on the wall and invisible in any setting. And God says, we can be in this world, but please don't be of the world. So I remembered that and I just sat back. And when I had that opportunity and that young man kept coming to me because he really treated me like I was his uncle. He gave me so much attention when he had over a hundred guests in his house. He spent more time with me and his wife spent more time with my wife than anything. As the time progressed, we came to find that we went to the exact same high school, but it was decades apart. Then I come to find that others in that house 
went to the same high school that I went to. Some said, I was three years old uh, when you graduated. Oh God, what an opportunity that God gave me to open some doors up when they found out that I was a, as they would call it, OG. I was okay with that because here goes opportunity. And when it knocks, that's when you can use God's wisdom. And so I've started to plant seeds and probe and see if they even knew God and talk about some of the blessings that I had, even the blessing in meeting this young man and even the blessing in meeting all of them and how good God was. And guess what? They reacted. They reacted in a way that I didn't expect. Oh yeah. Most of these young people who went on to go to college and all these different things, they know God, but they're missing some things like I was. They don't attend a church on a regular basis. They believe that, you know, making money is the thing to do right now. And so they just wasting time, the time that I wasted. I said, oh Lord, you just put me with a hundred of your children that directly relate to the message that I'm about to give today. And I said, this is profound. Watch how you open up doors that they can receive Christ through me. And all I need is one. One would be the gentleman that invited us and his name is Chris because his birthday literally falls a day or two apart from mine's. So great minds, you know, he is so much like I was. And so I know he could be so much more and like I, God has taken me into another direction. A man that could be one of the greatest men of God. So God began to speak to me on, this is the future. These are your future ministers, pastors, prophets, and everything. Can you see that? Aside from what they're doing right now? Yes, Lord, I can see it because I too was where they were. And so that I wanted to just say uh, people of God because a lot of us been in church for a long time, but we just like people used to tell me, don't forget your history though, because it'll repeat itself. And God showed me, don't forget your history so that you can help his youth move forward through the experiences that you've had. And so I just thank God for that platform. He gave me a mighty platform. When I was supposed to be at home, really meditating and doing things, the Lord said, no, you need to be there for at least a couple of hours. And when he showed me why, it was one of the most powerful things of my evening yesterday. So as I examine these things, I just love talking to people and sharing with people what God has shared with me. And I thank God for, the, for what he's given me and instilled in me for today. This day only happens once in our lifetime, December 11th, 2022. And I hope that this message is straight to the point and could help somebody help somebody else. Because once again, a lot of us that are listening are already saved. We already been down the road of torment and disaster. And we found a way to allow God into our hearts so that we could turn this thing around. So I'm gonna examine what are you doing with your time? 
Time is one of the most precious assets that we have. When we are young, it would seem as though we'll never run out of time, right? As we get older, time seems to become much more important to us. In many cases, we simply reroute our time from childish games and wasteful activities to work, children, the American dream of a family, and we spend a lot of our time doing that. Many of, many of us get left behind because of our childish ways. And throughout time, time continues to move forward. I got a many of a friends that I invite over to my house that went to high school and grade school with me, and they are stuck in a place that they can't see that time continues to move forward. And they are still where they were 30 or 40 years ago. And so God assigned me an assignment to have them come and stay with me on occasion. I'll invite those over one by one and bring them out to Indiana and kidnap them, as they would say. And then me and my wife would show them what God's blessings and what God's servants look like. And hopefully that seed would plant into their souls and spirits and let them know they still have time to change their lives. And so I thank God for just doing these things. And, you know, because a lot of times I don't even know I'm doing it. I don't even know what God is doing. I just hear from God in prayer and he say, call this person, invite him over. He don't have a car. Go get him, kidnap him, and pardon him. Spend some time with them. And they so much respect my wife that they have to be changed when they walk through my door. <laughs> Even if they still look at me as the Archie that was what some of them would call me the party man when I was a teenager. And then they reflect back and say, boy, oh boy, have, have God did some great things for you. You are definitely not the same person. Revelation 1.1 the revelation of Jesus Christ was gave unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and, sick and signified by his angel unto his servant, John. God has a plan for all of us, a purpose for our lives as he did for his son, Jesus. His servant, John, speaks to us and acknowledges the importance of using time as in Revelations 1, 3, which says, blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of his prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for a time is at hand. There's so many scriptures that revert to God's plan and how God used his servant John and Paul and I said, wow, I could really study this thing for a whole month and still miss some things. For example, in turn, if you turn to Psalms 89 and 47, it reads, remember how short my time is. Wherefore hast thou made all men in vain? What man is he that liveth and shall not see death? We all will see death. So time is at hand. 48 says, shall he deliver his soul from the hand of the grave? These scriptures 
reflect to me remembrance and reverence of Jesus. And it also reflects the importance of time. This drives the psalmist, psalmist to ask God to remember that his time is limited and that his servants are being reproached. Another way of saying this is that God is disappointed in his servant for his failure to use time to serve God and his people. So important, saints, to use your time to serve God and his people. I think that 24 hours is not enough for us, but that's the clock that was established in the beginning. And so we have to, as I would say, rightfully divide our time for Christ and be good servants. I'm gonna read some scriptures that really, really, really caught my attention as I examine time. And this is coming from the book of Ephesians, and I'm going to start with 5, 8, and read through 20. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteous and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whosoever doth make manifest the light, is light, is light. Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Those are those young people that I was talking about. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Oh my God, that's that audience. It just keep coming back. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein excess be filled with the spirit. Trust me, y'all, I didn't get drunk when I was at that party. I was there on assignment. And so whether it was wine on the table or anything on the table, I was there on assignment. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God, and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I wrote this before I attended that, that ugly sweater party. And when I came back home, I read what I wrote. And I said, this is the assignment that you just sent me on. But you gave this to me before I went on assignment, not knowing that I was on assignment. It was really profound, people of God. And, you know, I, again, I just thank God because he will order our steps if we allow him to, if we're obedient. And um, it really resonated in my spirit when I came back home and sat down and spent some more time with God, what 
the day that he planned was supposed to look like. Um, if we refer back to the text uh, in Ephesians in 5, verses 16, chapter 5, verse 16, this text refers, excuse me, to making the most of every opportunity or redeeming the time. The wise person takes advantage of every chance to live for God and others in an evil world. The foolish person has no strategy for life and misses opportunities to live for God in this evil environment. Colossians 4 and 5 states, walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. All of that lands up with where I was at, in the right place at the right time, where some saints would have said, oh no, there's some unholiness going on in here. Well, when you find yourself in a place where you feel there's unholiness going on and you feel you're the only Christian in the place, maybe it's a setup from God. So examine that thing and don't judge, don't look at it like that. Allow God to work through you and he'll show you if it's an assignment or not. He sure did it for me. I had no idea. And I thank him for that. I praised him. Me and my wife talked about it all the way home. She got a chance to sit with some young ladies. And I know that I know that I know that young, them young ladies was all around my wife when I went upstairs. And I know she imparted some wonderful things <coughs> to their lives. I know she did because she was too on assignment. Because guess what? She's my helpmate. So it goes hand in hand. I didn't even have to ask her that I know that I heard a young lady say, uh, Miss Teresa. And she corrected her. Just call me Teresa. Miss, though, is entitlement that my wife has when she appeared in that, in that room. They knew she was a wise, God-serving woman. It's all over. How can you miss it? So the young ladies was calling her Miss Teresa. And she gave them this look. No, because, but, but for her, but I just need to tell her, that's a sign that God is just all over you. The God in you, they could see it. They could feel it. That's powerful. When you're the only one in a space and people refer to you in a way that they refer to nobody else. Everybody else got a nickname or a short name, but they refer to you as Mr. or Mrs. That's respect. So I knew immediately we were amongst young folks who understood something about God. Respect your elders. Not just, hey, who are y'all? Uh, oh, okay. Because a lot of them are just that far gone. We want to take heed to that and understand that we should be the light. We should always be the light, especially when we're amongst those that have not really taken the time to receive God into their lives the way that we have. But our message should be in our duty should be to get them to where we're at, to get them saved. That's the ultimate goal. But saints, we gotta be strategic. We can't just do tradition. God dealt with me on that. He said, I'm gonna show you what you need to do. And I said, well, God continue to impart wisdom and then give me understanding of these assignments 
so that I can take them back to your flock and show them the results. You know, most people got jobs. And if you didn't give your job results, you were terminated. Think about that. <laughs> I don't know, God is just taking me a little bit off of what he had me to say. But think about going to work and not completing your assignments, not hitting your goals, not falling within the fiscal budget. <laughs> You're not going to be there. So God had me to look at that, how powerful that is, that we will race to a job and give our all until we cry. And those people don't love us. They don't love God, but yet we still do our due diligence. We need to apply that energy to God's youth, to God's backsliders, to God's people who decided that God wasn't important. We need to take that because the power in that is when I got terminated last month, I said, Lord, I worked this hard for them. Please don't change who I am and make me slowful. I need to work harder for myself and you're going to bless me. And yes, he did. I didn't miss a beat. He quadrupled my income instantly. This is real. I can't make this up. That's a whole, that's a whole nother sermon, saints. Whole nother sermon. How within a week of losing my job, God began to have people to just call me for services that I hadn't received calls for in at least six months and introduced me to bankers and mentors and non-for-profit gurus and everything else. Boy, God is something else. But just think about if we take what God has given us and impart it in those youth, those people that I socialized with yesterday, they too can rise to a level that God is doing that for them and come back and testify and invite their young friends in their 30s, 20s, 40s to a church service and show them how not to waste time with God's things. Wow. Saints, as you can see, it's extremely extremely important to spend our time walking in the light, have a plan. As we read further in Ephesians 5, we find that the content pertains to marriage. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. When I, when I was reading that, it was like something just went off in my brain. I could say I wasted a lot of valuable time trying to figure out who I should marry. And it took God's voice to chastise me and let me know if I wanted to live longer, I would have been dead today probably had I not married the right person. Boy, I thank God for allowing me to literally drown in Lake Michigan, trying to save my son at the heat, ran into the break wall on a jet ski. And then the Lord told me quickly, I can take you out of here, but I got some work for you to do. And then came a hand down in the, in the rough waters a Hispanic gentleman that pulled me out. Next thing I remember is somebody, Hispanic speaking Spanish, giving me mouth to mouth. I woke up throwing up water and spitting and they had their lips on my lips. And I said, oh my God, what happened? They said, you drowned. I knew that day that I was messing up and God allowed me to give me another chance. And he had me 
to go home and examine myself. And he said, see, all of this foolery that you're doing, <laughs> you're wasting time. You're going to get that good wife, that thing that I made for you. I made her in my image, and I made her just for you. She may not be the same as you. You might consider her totally the opposite. But that's what you need for balance. You are out of balance, son. And I received that from the Lord. And this woman could have been gone on with her life, could have married somebody else, because we was apart for a while. And God had me to call her, and she said, oh, you must be ready. I said, that ain't nothing but God. I said, yep, I'm ready. I'm ready for you. I get it. If you give me another chance, I'll show you. And so Pastor Rudy married us. It was his first marriage behind the, the Museum of Science and Industry. And boy, oh boy, was that a great day. But that's another example of me not being obedient, wasting a bunch of time that could have maybe already been taken care of and we could have been doing God's business a long time ago. But I thank God for at least getting me there. I really do. I thank God that she was still available because she, she was a great catch, as men would say. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine where I would be if I had exercised my free will and married the wrong person. I was really close. My friends was, ooh, she got a good job, a lot of money, a big house. Ooh, Archie, that's the one. But guess what? They was all focused on the wrong thing. God knew what I needed. And guess what? When, when, when I answered him in obedience, he showed up and showed off for me from that day on. This is really when I knew I needed God's guidance and I thank him every day for his patience, his grace, Amen. his mercy. Amen. Amen. He watched me toil for many years and behave as a child. Saints, please hear me. Keep time on your side. Walk in wisdom. Read the word daily. Yes. Make a plan yes. for the use of your time. When it comes to God's assignments, for you, execute them with excellence. Serve with all your heart and continue to be a blessing to others. Do these things and time will always be your best friend. Amen. God will be pleased with his faithful servants. Yes, he will. God is so good and all he got so much patience. All the time. And so when we toil around and we pass people by every day on our jobs, in our lives, and we don't have a plan. I call it a plan of attack to get them closer to God. I just have to say, we ain't doing what we're supposed to do. We are wasting time, valuable time. The word speaks of planting that seed. And when I had my restaurant, I got so many blessings that I didn't know what God wanted me to do. I stood there and said, God, you must want me to do something. I got free equipment, keys to a restaurant, didn't have to pay rent for years. <laughs> it was crazy. And he said, all I need you to do is tell every customer to have a blessed day. And he kept me there for 10 years. 
And when I did a printout after I sold the business, it showed that I had imparted that message in over 50,000 people. Because when you type on the register, it's a head count. I said, oh, Lord, that's awesome. He said, and you don't know the life you change for just saying that one thing. So if you don't have nothing else to say to anybody every day, tell everybody to have a blessed day.